1800s, the Wild West was a place that was void of God's law and every man did what was right in his own eyes. More than 95% of Americans lived in places with fewer than 2,500 inhabitants. By 1830, the distance of the prairie needed circuit riders to spread God's word. Some called them saddlebag preachers. These were a different kind of clergy, used to long, dusty roads and lonely, empty spaces. They rode from church to church on horseback. These days, many of those same places still have less than 2,500 folk. The men and women who are called there are still a different breed of clergy. The needs are different, but the call to reach men and women with the message of Christ is still the same. In the spirit of these circuit riders, we aim to meet a few of those specific needs. Welcome to the Circuit Rider Podcast. Here are your hosts. Welcome to the very first Circuit Riders podcast. I am Steve McVeigh, and I am here with Michael and Doug. And hey, before we even jump in today, we want to read a scripture because we just believe so much in the power of God's word. And in Matthew 9, we find these words, beginning in verse 35, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness. And he goes on in that passage, of course, you know, and talks about how he had compassion on the crowds, he loved the crowds, and how he prayed that there would be workers who go out into the harvest field. The thing that we want to point out just as we start is that while Jesus went through the towns, the metropolitan areas, literally is the idea behind that word, he also went to the villages. And that little word behind villages is a community of 150 or less. And so we, we exist. We are starting this podcast because we believe in the villages and we believe in those who are called to the villages. And so as we get started, we want to introduce ourselves and, and we're going to start with Michael. Michael, tell us who you are. Welcome to our very first podcast. Thanks, Steve. Um, I'm Michael Hool. I am a pastor of a small town church in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Our only claim to fame is Latin Kugel Brewery. So if you had a Lineys, you know who we are. Other than that, you don't know where Chippewa Falls is at. Um, also, I'm the uh, small town specialist for um, Vineyard USA. The Vineyard is a movement of churches that have been around for about 50 year, 40 years now. And we have um, been reaching out in rural America just recently. So we are new to the rural game as a nation in terms of our denomination, but we have been around a bit, and we have a lot of churches actually in our denomination that are in rural America. In fact, over 30% of our churches are in rural, and I've experienced through this people from Georgia to California to Maine to Texas to Montana, and I've just had the honor of seeing small-town pastors and the reality of their life. So, I, And I grew up as a small-town kid, I grew up in a town of 5,000, Medford, Wisconsin, and if you know Tombstone Pizza, if you had one of those, you know Medford. See, everyone's small town has a little claim to fame, don't they? And so I've been a rural kid my whole life, and I have enjoyed it. I see the value in it. My family was raised here. I was raised in it, and so it's just the beauty of it. So I'm just glad to be part of the Circuit Riders, glad to just join you, Steve, and join you as well, Doug. Absolutely. And, yeah, you are right. Every small town you go through, the sign says the hometown of – and if you have to Google who that is, that tells you something, right? Because, like, I never heard of that person, but they were born there. 
And, and joining <laughs> us as well is Doug Rutledge. Doug, welcome to our very first podcast. Hey, thanks, Steve. Uh, good being with you guys, Mike. Good being with you. I have had a tombstone pizza or two, so I know where you're from. Uh, I'm in a little rural community called Reading, Michigan, and uh, we launched a ministry, a cooperative outsourced youth ministry for small rural remote churches called Crossroads Farm. We've been at that for about 21 years, and uh, it's been exciting to see what God has done in terms of expanding that ministry to other rural communities. And so we're in the process of planting and developing um, a rural cooperative ministry model for rural remote churches. So that's what we do. And uh, yeah, uh, so reading is famous for almost nothing. I, I remember when I got to town, um, <laughs> when I got to town, everybody told me Ray's Burgers is a tavern. Uh, it's famous for their cheeseburgers because in 1972, USA Today uh, featured an article about Ray's. Um, outside of that, this is a town where football is king and we've had a lot of state uh, championships recently. So we're a football town, a track and field town. You know, high school is the center of our universe. That's that's who we are. Yeah. Outside of that, you don't Absolutely. know Absolutely. <laughs> that is so awesome, Doug. And I love the first time I visited uh, Crossroads Farm, I was just blown away at, one, how rural it really is, but then just how effective the ministry is there. I am uh, Steve McVeigh. I have two hats that I wear a lot. I am the... Uh, Currently, I am the one of the lead pastors here at Lamont Wesleyan Church. Lamont is a town of 28 people uh, located in the middle of nowhere, Kansas. And uh, also, I'm a part of something called uh, Dirt Roads Network, something the uh, Lord led us to start a couple years ago. And we reach out to rural, small town uh, pastors and churches around the country. And God's just opened a lot of doors there. So here's a question that I just want to ask you to as we jump into this. Um, and, and I guess it's really two questions in a way because they sort of go together. If, if I'm listening to this and I'm like, okay, that was a really neat intro. And here's two guys that live in the middle of nowhere. Both of them live in the middle of nowhere. Why on earth do we need a podcast and secondly, why the circuit riders? I mean, what is up with that? Why do we need this podcast? Why are we calling it the circuit riders podcast? And I'll just ask either one of you can jump in on that. Why do we need this? I'll jump in first. Uh, and I'll tell you, we do need this. We do need a podcast where rural remote pastors who have unique needs, unique challenges, and uh, a fairly limited resource pool uh, where we can talk, and more importantly, where we can listen. So I would say that the difference between this concept and, uh, and other podcasts is that we're probably not going to give you the five steps to becoming something. Um, we understand rural, we understand the unique challenges, and we're listening. Um, and in fact, our, uh, you know, what we're going to be talking about over the next 13, 14 weeks has already been determined by a survey that went out to rural pastors. And uh, their responses. So we're listening. And I think that that's the critical step for us that we, we understand we're listening and we're committed to this. I'm not, I'm not interested in going somewhere else, doing something bigger. This is, this is it. This is our life commitment. That's, that's why the podcast for me. Yeah, absolutely. Doug, I, I totally agree with you. I think the reality is that we're all in small towns and we're all, you know, living a small town life. 
And we aren't looking for glory. We're not looking for those things. We're looking at the reality of what it means to live and minister in rural America. You know, to have that honest conversation around the coffee table or around the diner, you know, with the, with the plumbers and the farmers that we all work with and the people we deal with. Just have that open, raw, and honest conversation that goes beyond the weather. By the way, it's going to be 92 in Wisconsin this week, so it's going to be heating up. But the truth of the matter is I think this is why it matters. Most of the co- things I, t- I look at is it's like a one-size-fits-all. And we all know in rural America, you've been to one rural community, you've been to one rural community. And the truth of the matter is for each one of us here, I think we know that reality. And we want to have that open conversation and a dialogue. We don't want this to be a one-way street where you listen and we talk. And we want you to experience, as Doug said, just that time of we've been listening and we hear you, but we also know that reality too in our lives. We're living it out. And I think mm-hmm. when you can live life together, it becomes bigger than mission. You become who you are in your town. You become a missionary. You know what you think, Steve? Yeah, absolutely. I love that word missionary because here's the thing. Uh, we're not here to tell you how to grow a mega church in your town. We, we truly believe that rural ministry is a calling and that we are missionaries, every single one of us. And so like the concept of a circuit rider is, is that of a rural missionary. And so we, we and, and I'm going to say this really carefully, and I hope it's not misunderstood by any city folk listening because they don't always understand what we're talking about anyway. But there's a sense in which even, even when I hear people speak to rural pastors that they talk down to us. Mm-hmm. And, it's in, and, and so let me just, can, I'm just going to tell you this really embarrassing story, but my dad loves me and he'll probably listen to this podcast sometime because anything I do, he listens to, you know how that goes. You know, 20 years ago, we, we, we come to Little Lamont. At that time, we were a town of 40. Okay, so, I mean, we were big back then. <laughs> and at that time, uh, and, and over, the, over the course of this podcast, each one of us will begin to tell our stories. And, you know, the Lamont story is a long story with lots of amazing things that have happened since that day. But when I got here, this was a little, uh, a little white schoolhouse church. In a, t- in a town of 40, and, you know, there weren't 2,000 people within 15 minutes of this place. And uh, we had pastored in Akron, Ohio before that, you know, and, and I'm sure my parents had big dreams for me. And uh, at that time, my dad would, would do this thing at church. I call it Christian karaoke, but um, they, they would, I mean, this was 20 years ago, right? So they'd have these performance cassettes and, you know, like during the offering or something, they'd sing a song. And so the first time my mom and dad came down here uh, from Michigan, um, he wanted to sing a song. And the song that he wanted to sing, and maybe you guys have heard of it. It's an old song. The, the basic gist of it is little is much when God is in it. And he wanted to sing this to the church. And I'm sitting here thinking, all right, I know you're in a good spot there, but really what you're saying is, is I need to validate my son because he's come to such a little place. I want him to know that God can be in this little place. And so even from a good-hearted place, you sort of get the sense sometimes when you're a real pastor that you're in the minor leagues. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's true. You know, you're patted on the head and, and told good for you. We love what you're doing out there. Uh, and it, it's really pretty condescending as if any ministry is less. So this is my pet peeve. If I can go off for a second, I hate absolutely every book that tells you that rural people are worth God's love too. doggone it. 
<laughs> and I'm like, I, you know, I, well, I so <laughs> when we were at Wheaton together, when we were at the Billy Graham Center, I don't, I don't know if he took it personally or not, but when I told Ed Stetzer, it makes me want to throat punch some people. <laughs> I wasn't talking to Ed. I was just, you know, and it just gets my goat. Of course, God loves rural people. He loves all people. And the idea that because we have better stores, better restaurants, uh, a more upwardly mobile lifestyle, God loves those people a little bit more. That's why he gave them so much stuff. And for us in the rural communities, one day you'll grow up. And I'm, I'm a two-way loser on this because I'm a youth guy. So people always wondered when I was going to grow up and do real ministry anyway. You know, now I'm doing, you know, this little ministry in a little community. And I'm like, well, you know, this is a choice. This is a, it's not just a choice. It's a call. Mm. It, it, it's a calling. And I love where we are. And again, I'm, I'm going to say there's nothing little about what we do. That's not a numbers statement. That's a calling statement. You know, was it smaller for Philip to, to be transported down the road to meet one guy? It's still, it's all God's work. So, you know, uh, circuit riding is what we do. That's what we do. Going to the places where they, they need somebody. Yeah, absolutely. And you think about the scorecard. I mean, the scorecard, Michael, what do you think about the scorecard? Like when, when the denominational folks, because you work with a denomination, when the denomination looks at a, a rural church and they're like, boy, I don't know if effective ministry is happening there. What do you think of that? Well, I, it drives me nuts. You know, the next latest and greatest, I'm not trying to knock other podcasters, wonderful ministries out there. But what drives me crazy is this mythical scorecard that's based on an American idea of more means better. I don't know about you, but I put on 20 pounds. I don't feel any better when I put on 20 pounds. More isn't always better. Can we just acknowledge that right now? More of me physically isn't better. And somehow we've created that environment. And I, I just think the scorecard is like something that comes down on, on rural pastors that make them feel like failures. They, they look at a metric that's just illogical. It doesn't make sense. And it's to the point where like we need to redefine success in rural America. We need to redefine it in a way that we appreciate when we look at missionaries across the world. It's the same theory. You know, the missionary across the world that's off in Tanzania or Kenya and the African Serengeti, and they're out there meeting people in these small villages. We're like, we root them back in our churches, in any size church. Mm-hmm. It's the mm-hmm. same reality here. Everybody matters, but I'm tired of that scorecard. I am tired of the scorecard that we do. How are we affecting our community? How are we ministering to our people? How are we spreading the kingdom of God to them? And I have, I've gone around and off people in the national office for years. They're starting to understand me now and I'm not so crazy anymore. But explaining to them that there's a different metric. It's a different way to view life. And when we understand it, we can understand great things happen. And we don't need to be, you don't need to be told that, you know that. But in reality, I think this definition, I've had more pastors call me. I've had more pastors call me from across the nation to tell me they have failed and they're really actually really knocking out of the park and sharing the gospel. They are doing amazing things in the community for transformation for their little town that, that I think goes beyond what the, the big church they were sent from is actually accomplishing. And I think the reality is changing the scorecard really matters, changing the metrics. You know, Doug, I, I think so often you and I have talked about this is, is there's nothing wrong with urban settings. This is not a chance to rip them at all. But the reality is their reality and our reality are completely different. And when we start to change the metric of what my life looks like compared to theirs, we have a different understanding of that. I love all of that. I, I do hate the metric. I mean, there there is a necessity for whatever critical mass looks like in our churches, 
But the, the bottom line is that no successful pastor did it overnight. Another one of those American church myths uh, that, you know, if you have the right worship band and the right stuff, uh, you're going to be just fine. And um, that's not a reality. The reality is we have to stay in real, uh, in real positions longer. And when a pastor feels like he's failing, he's going to leave. And the church relaunches and restarts. And I, I think that that's a, you know, that's a myth that we have to dispel, that anything that's going to happen well is going to happen fast. That's a myth. It, this is real relationships, real life on life. Absolutely. Just, and one of the other things, I'm sorry, Michael, one of the other things that I see that happens with that message is that sometimes pastors just check out. Yeah. And, and, you know, I look at, I look at the last 20 years of my ministry and, you know, we experienced this scorecard success in dramatic ways. And all of a sudden I'm being asked to speak to rural pastors in different places. And even me telling our story was discouraging, you know, and it was like, so in other words, you know, this denominational leader, and I love our, I'm a part of a denomination. We, we have a little tagline right now that says, you know, that we, we want a transforming presence in every zip code. And so it's a way of just signaling no matter where you are, including in rural America, you matter. Mm-hmm. But um, even, even then sometimes it'd be like, here's the denominational people bringing you a rural pastor who pastors a church of 400 you know, learn from him so that you, and, and I, I saw where even as I would share some of that story, it was actually doing damage. What do you think Michael? What do you, what, have you and seen I, that too? Thing it's, it's the same metrics. And just to, I want to say too, just for my own national leaders, they've been really blessing uh, rural America. Just if they listen to this, they have been great for that. But I think there's a truth to what you just said there. I think we, 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 we don't want to make, create big church, in rural America. There's nothing wrong with big church in rural America either. All sizes work, all models work. We need to be accepting of that reality. But I think the truth of the matter is, is if God's called you to a spot and he's in it, we need to redefine what that fruit looks like. And I think that's what we're at. We, you know, we, 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 get, we see the word fruit in the Bible and we get this idea that it, it should be multiplicative in a way that's just about like numbers, like numbers and seasons. And you need a critical mass. But you also need to be able to be like, I think Jesus for fruit was transformative, transformative because the reality is he's the worst church planner in the history of the world. If you want to define it by American numbers at the cross, he's left with what three people, you know, like, I mean, he really didn't like, he didn't like, he couldn't even keep the 12. And I think if we really are honest with ourselves about it, we need to start looking at what the Jesus is doing, what Jesus did and work off of that model. And once we start defining success based on Jesus and not, what we think should be true, it changes it. And, and as I said, our, our national movement has been promoting rural America at a level that we've never seen in the last three to five years. It's been at a level that we're so blessed yeah. by. And the fact that we want to see one in every county. 90% of our nation, 48 connected states, is rural in terms of land mass. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we could really see a drastic difference when we start to invest in that. And I think Steve, I think, and Doug, I think you'd agree with this. Like that's our value. We see value in this and what it matters. Yeah. And, and so circuit rider, that concept, a modern day circuit rider, I think what I think of is a co-vocational pastor who is called to a town who is doing whatever is necessary 
to financially make it possible for them to be the long-term missionary to that community, building it up, making disciples. Those, you know, we have, we have the rural flight, you know, those who, who leave, go as disciple makers who've been discipled by a faithful pastor. I mean, that person, if, if you're listening today and like you are, ju- your church doesn't necessarily have the greatest budget. You don't, you know, you, you're not busting at the seams and, and you need someone to encourage you. I think that's why we're having this podcast. We think, you know, why we're calling it the circuit riders. We want to be a resource to you. And we're hoping that the Holy Spirit, frankly, speaks to you, even as you're listening to this today, to hear that you matter and that your ministry matters and that God can use you in amazing ways and is using you in amazing ways. And we just want to lift the lid and allow you to be an effective rural pastor without expecting you to become a suburban pastor. I mean, it's it maybe maybe that's one way of putting it, Doug. What do you, what do you think uh, in regards to that? I think the cows are about to come home, right? <laughs> the, the cows are about to come home. So I guess I'll I'll tune out with this uh, from my perspective. The reason this is significant is that we want pastors to understand. Look, where God has called you is where God has called you. The scorecard's being kept in heaven. Uh, as far as you know, the way we do ministry, it's going to be different. This is about mission and calling, and everyone can make an impact in the lives around them. When you start keeping score or notching your gun belt, you know, I mean, if we're doing the circuit rider thing, you're missing the mark. And uh, so I, I just want to encourage rural pastors, stay at it. Fight through the hard times, get through them, help your church grow, help your church develop, um, this this rural ministry thing is a calling, not a job description. And so I think what you can look forward to hearing from us is real issues that we're going to talk through from a rural perspective, and then we'll just go. Absolutely. And so, Doug, we did a survey, and um, we had an idea, of course, because, I mean, all of us are interacting with, with literally, you put us all together, there are hundreds of rural pastors that we all interact with on a weekly basis. But we did a survey, and and what will the next couple podcasts, as we get this launched, what will the next couple podcasts be? So uh, the next time we're together, we're going to talk about avoiding the Donner Pass. That's a historical (laughs) reference, uh, a bad historical reference to a a group that got trapped in the Sierra Nevada mountains, and uh, they were so desperate they began to eat each other. Uh, And I think that happens in rural churches. You know, people get so desperate, they start consuming each other. Um, we're going to talk about how we put our feet down these days in rural America with this, with the COVID-19 uh, pandemic emerging. That will be the next thing we talk about. How do we even navigate the politically divided cultures that exist in our churches? And, uh, you know, so how do we avoid eating ourselves in the process of reemerging? And then uh, the next time after that, we'll, we're together, we're going to talk about the fact that there are no roads here. Um, the, the, topic is just no roads neither because that's country and we're going to talk about how uh, we have to look at this as uh, as groundbreaking as pioneering emerging this is the first time anybody's done it they're trying to figure it out in the cities we're trying to figure it out in the country and we're going to because god has placed his hand on us that's the greatest message that whenever god causes interruption there is a great possibility coming and he desires the change 
So I'm, uh, we're stepping into that, and we'll talk about no roads neither. And then uh, a week after that, we'll talk about the herd and how we, how we start keeping them together, how we bring them back together when we've let them out into the pasture. So we're going to talk about that a little bit over the next week, couple weeks after. So that's where we're going. That sounds awesome. Listen, we're looking forward to uh, hearing from you. Uh, we will uh, post along with this our email addresses and ways that you can contact us. We do want this to be a dialogue. That's the thing we want. Uh, and we want you to know that we believe in you and we are one of you. And so um, this is our first podcast. We've heard that the first podcast is probably one of the worst. So I, so that means we have to go up from here, Doug. And, and Mike, do you think we can do that? I, I like to think we set a low standard. <laughs> Very good. Why are we pulling off? The bar's right. pulling. Yeah. I wanted to make sure it was poor enough that we could improve. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us today. We really appreciate it. And we will see you next week on the Circuit Riders Podcast. The Circuit Riders would like to thank our partners for their interest in assisting rural leaders. Rich Roast Custom Coffee, supporting rural missionaries with a wide variety of delicious worldwide coffees. Our friends at thinkorange.com, wanting to join your team to help you create a better experience this week for kids and teenagers. Katrina at CrossroadsFarm.org Vineyard Small Town USA Vineyard Small Town USA Equipping churches to plant in small towns across America Disciples of Jesus Making Disciples MultiplyVineyard.org Slash Small Town USA Crossroads Farm working alongside of rural remote churches to provide an outsourced cooperative youth ministry that really works. CRF, loving the rural team. www.crossroadsfarm.org Dirt Roads Network, transforming rural America by planting and revitalizing life-giving churches in small towns and communities. www.dirtroadsnetwork.com For more information about the Circuit Riders or any of these partners, check out our Facebook page or contact them on each of their websites. On behalf of the Riders, I'm Carl Miller saying, until the next Circuit Riders podcast next week, happy trails.